Hello and welcome back. I'm Franny and you're listening to Into the World podcast where we talk about all things birth and motherhood. Each week I speak to a different parent about how their babies came into the world and how the journey unfolded. We share the good, the bad, the ugly and of course the funny bits. Because most of all, when things get tough, we all need a laugh. Happy listening. This podcast is very kindly brought to you by Rascal and Friends Diapers. I have, as you all know, been using Rascal and Friends Diapers for, well, almost a year now actually. And I just love them for everything from the design to the high-waisted fit to how soft they are on my children's skin and how the transition has been into the training pants for my toddler now. Everything about them has just been a dream and I love that they now do wipes as well. So get yourself down to Walmart if you live in Canada or Tesco's if you live in the UK and try them yourself because I know for a fact if you do, just like me, you will not switch back to another brand because the best thing about them being premium is the fact that they don't have the premium price tag. So check them out. This week I'm talking to Jen. Jen is a family and branding photographer based in Toronto and mum to Mighty Jack. You'll hear more in a minute as to why Jack is so mighty. I know Jen suffered from birth trauma and found it difficult to talk about her a lot of her journey up until recently, which I think seems all too common for so many women. Thanks, Jen, for having the courage to share, as I think these stories are all the more important and help us feel validated that what we went through was not easy that it's not a comparison it's how we feel about our own experience on top of her trauma she spent some time in the NICU as her son Jack who has congenial heart disease CHD um, and it needed treatment in just two weeks after he was born being the amazing person and photographer that she is um, she knew that she had to document her son's stay there And after doing so, she realized just how valuable this is to other families. Often families spend weeks and months in the NICU and they have little to no photos of that part of their baby's lives. Jen went on to start up Project Mighty Hearts. Project Mighty Hearts provides free, compassionate and authentic photo sessions documenting raw and real experiences of families affected by CHD. I was so drawn to her ethos in setting up Project Mighty Hearts, especially when I saw her tagline, which is, every story deserves to be told. I couldn't agree more with this ethos, Jen. Um, It's a lot of why I decided to do this project, because I think that all women's stories deserve to be told, whether you have a baby at the end of it or not, um, to look after. And whatever's happened to you along the way, I think, is definitely worth telling and that there's value in hearing those people's stories. So with all of that being said, being said, instead of a giveaway this week and in the spirit of giving back just before Christmas, we're encouraging listeners to instead of entering a giveaway to end <clears throat> to either book a family session with Jen, all family sessions um, donate a free session to a family in need, or you can make a donation donation even if it's something like $20 it goes a long way and really does help other families going through such a tough time 
So share a little bit of love and follow at Project Mighty Hearts on Instagram to see more of what Jen's doing and see how you can support from one parent to another. You can also go on Jen's website, which is projectmightyhearts.com. And thanks, Jen, for all that you do to support other families. And thanks for sharing your own journey with us. So without further ado, I will let us get on with this week's episode. And thank you and happy listening. This week I'm talking to Jen. I actually, we share a mum group, don't we? I think we realised after we started emailing. So I guess that's how we met, but we're also at the workaround. I feel like we're both huge workaround fans. I don't get to record the podcast here live that often, but I love it because it's so nice to sit face to face and I love it here. And I know that he's downstairs and taken care of. So yes, so we'll get us started. We're going to talk to Jen this week about her son, Jack. I feel like he is just Mighty Jack now. Like, I don't even think, like, Jack is his first name. (laughs) Like, Mighty is. Um, We'll hear more on why that is in a minute. But, yeah, like, whenever I see him booked in at the workaround, I'm like, that's his actual name now. Like, he's never going to get away from him. (laughs) So we'll start right at the beginning and tell us a little bit about yourself, sort of pre-kids and how how you was before motherhood like took over? <laughs> so I was self-employed before motherhood um, as a family and branding photographer. And I was an active, happy, outgoing person. I still am. Carefree. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, oblivious to how much time I had. Oh, my God. Um, so like, you know, being self-employed, it was like, oh, well, I guess I'll go for a run. Or, okay, maybe I'll nap. Or, yeah, or, so a little I've kind oblivious. of had a bit of that in my life yes. where I've been a hairstylist and you kind of get a bit of that um, and it's so nice. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, and prior to that, I worked uh, full time. I freelance before as well. So kind of mm-hmm. had a mix of everything. And, um, but uh, yeah, husband, great supporter of my endeavors and mm-hmm. adventures. And we have a lovely dog at home. And yeah, we just kind of easygoing people. Yeah. And you've, so you've been um, in the world of photography for a long time, basically. Yeah. I, I moved to Toronto in 2010 and okay. I was assisting um, commercial photographers and then kind of went into the design graphic design world as mm-hmm. studio manager and like always did my own thing on the side um, yeah. until I was able to go full blown. Yeah. yeah. And that was about three years ago. Okay. So where are you from before you moved here? Originally, I'm from Thunder Bay in Northern Ontario, and then I bounced around Southern Ontario for a bit and left Ottawa to come to Toronto. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. And then tell us about sort of your journey to getting pregnant. Like, when did you know you first wanted kids? I probably first knew I wanted kids when I was a kid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like a lot of people do, don't they? Yeah. And I, I... I knew once I met my husband, like he would be the father of my children, but it was, it was a longer journey than I wanted, Mm -hmm. but I'm happy and grateful that it took the time it did because I have Mighty Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, it was just kind of like when it was right. And yeah. And sometimes when I think back, like, God, if I'd had kids even a moment younger, or even when like I started trying to have kids that thought now is like, whoa, yeah, would 
like one I feel like I'd have missed out a little bit and two I just don't think I would have really been ready like I thought I was Um, yes no (laughs) no I feel like the divine timing came in Mm -hmm. and it took us a long time we tried well relative to our experience it felt long it was over a year and a half so it was just like took longer than I wanted yeah you know and And once you get into the headspace I think even like two months can feel like a long time and so it was just that journey of finding what worked for us and Mm -hmm. and so grateful it took as long as it did like I said because now we have Jack and it's awesome yeah so so you felt so when did you find out you're pregnant with Jack so ironically I found out alone because Dave was on a work trip and so I had to call him it was June of uh, I think 2017 and I was leaving for the UK for okay. a, a personal trip Dave was in New York and so it was the like are was you expecting this call? Uh, we knew that we like you needed to do a, a good chance around that. We were doing pregnancy tests, and so it was the like not a text; it was the phone call, mm-hmm. and like be prepared. And so <laughs> um, I had a second test done, just triple check, and yeah. I found out when I was in the UK. And so it was hard yeah. because we were apart for a couple of weeks before we could actually like celebrate. But oh but, wow! But it was so nice when you like actually reunite, and you're like wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Kind of makes it even more special, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then tell us like about your pregnancy. What were the highs and the lows? Like, did you enjoy pregnancy? Yeah, I actually, I maybe because I was only pregnant this one time like mm-hmm. Jack's my first I was naive and thinking like I didn't have much nausea or I didn't oh, I wasn't that so sick that's amazing and so you know looking back I'm like yeah okay I felt a little ill for a few months but nothing like I've seen and mm-hmm. um and you could enjoy it through it yes yeah and you know I was tired and whatever but yeah. no big deal um near the end like he was he's a big He's a big kid. Mm-hmm. So near the end, it started to take a toll on, like, my hips and legs. I have some hip issues. So it was just, okay, like, interesting. lots of physio and lots so of So was that something treatment. that kind of affected you, um, like, before you had pregnancy? Yeah, like? I just, like, I have, like, if I run too much, I have, like, I uh, broke my SI. hip before, um, oh, <laughs> before I had kids. Um running, actually, believe it or not. So, yeah, I always thought I would get issues oh. carrying, but so far, touch wood. I've been okay, so I was always like wondering hmm. what tips the balance for some people. Yeah, my our, my physio and my care team was like, I'm excited to see what your SI joint does. Like they actually were like, this is your pregnancy is going to be interesting. So oh, interesting. I was there a lot, but um, but he's heavy too, right? So I guess yes. and where they sit can make a yes. big difference, doesn't it? And so like the pregnancy was good. Um, when we were at the midwife, she heard an arrhythmia. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, so when was this in your pregnancy? Probably like halfway through, roughly. Okay. And, you know, it was a very much, oh, it's okay, they grow out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I definitely was taking the cautious, let's not spiral down yeah. any roads. Like, Which is really hard to do. Very hard. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there was extra ultrasounds and extra testing to make sure. Could you hear that then when, you, when she first heard so it? So we only heard it on the Doppler at the midwives uh-huh. they could never catch it on an ultrasound or whenever anyone else checked it it was right. only at the midwives which made it frustrating yeah um but in that moment did you hear it I heard it, it. Yeah. yeah and it was the she left the room to go like speak with her supervisor and oh that's God. when we were kind of like what is happening you know yeah. so when someone walks out the room yes. it never feels good no <laughs> no um so I'm guessing that sort of leads into your low 
of yeah. how the pregnancy went from there. Yeah. I didn't realise it was sort of from midway that you found out. I thought it was like right at the end for some reason. Yeah, so we knew that he had an arrhythmia that wasn't um, quote unquote an issue. Mm-hmm. A couple of the tests we had done, the non-stress tests, they heard a really fast heart rate, mm-hmm. but it was dismissed as just like a blip, like mm-hmm. an anomaly. Um, but intuitively I kind of knew something was up. Mm -hmm. Um, so we monitored, um, that more closely than an average pregnancy. Um, and then, yeah, like I'll get into what happened from there. (laughs) Okay. So do you feel like that's, you're still able to enjoy some of the rest of your pregnancy from there out or did you just have that underlying the whole time? Yeah. I think like, otherwise I felt good and Mm -hmm. I fortunately like enjoyed my body and enjoyed like there was moments when it was like painful yeah um but I enjoyed looking the way I did I remember going to like the maternity shop I and say putting that the, I loved what you wrote in your <laughs> like putting the fake bump belly on. bump on and I just like it's like I lit up like I just mm-hmm. felt beautiful and it was such it was like I think I took a picture and sent it to my husband and being like this is what I'm gonna look like, <laughs> like I was so excited there's something quite nice about getting to six months where it's like <sighs> you can really breathe out yes. and you don't have to explain anymore yes. I'm pregnant yes. and there isn't that awkward like oh you aren't you are you aren't you yeah and no, um, I'm not fat. No, I'm no. gained weight. I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I've, I'm just approaching that mark and I'm like, finally, I can wear things where I don't, it's not like confusing. Right, yes, yeah. <laughs> but no, I really like that, that you felt as good as you did when it yeah. actually, when your bump came to be. Yes. So did you have a birth plan with all of this going on in the background or? So I knew birth plans were well, kind of like, yeah. BS yeah, in the yeah. sense that like I I knew what I wanted but mm-hmm. I also knew that might not happen mm-hmm. but it didn't really click in until um my midwife had suggested actually that we might want to consider inducing which shocked me because I had never heard of midwives like suggesting that but because right. Jack had a whole bunch of extra ultrasounds the measurements they kept getting basically proved he was a lot bigger than most like right. for me and okay so they so what did that what did that look like then was it like um his percentile or yeah everything was like 99 and like his oh, head okay. circumference were was massive and like yeah. he's just a big kid and, and you kind of I've had the same where I'm not to quite that extent but um all of my kids have had um heads in the top 90 percent and that's not what you want to hear no. before you give birth. Yeah. I remember them at my chart at Mount Sinai always being like, whoa, big baby. Yeah. And then they'd come in and have a conversation with you and you're like, I can only hear yes. that now. Yeah. Um, and luckily it's not affected um, my birth as such or the birth plan because what's happened's happened. But it's kind of daunting, isn't it, yeah, to, be, I, to hear that? Yeah, and I think well, it's actually for me it was a bit of a blessing because I really wanted a natural va- vaginal birth. Mm-hmm. And having that info up front, kind of being like, okay, he's got this arrhythmia, he's extra big, does this limit what I could do Mm -hmm. for his birth? And it allowed me to almost grieve the birth that I might not have before anything happened. So, so he I, wasn't taken by surprise on yes, the day almost. A little, well, <laughs> well, I guess you, you still are. But, but like, I mean, I was, yeah, I was able to let go of the idea that I might have to have a cesarean and I finally got to a place where I was okay with that. Yes. Before. So that was helpful. You're not having that sort of mental conversation in the moments yes. of 
pushing or yes. wherever you get to yes. beforehand. So in terms of like birth plan, we wanted to birth at Toronto um, Birth Center. Oh, so nice. But I've never got there. It's but beautiful. It's, it's so it's beautiful. Um, but because of his arrhythmia, we all felt more comfortable to set up at Sunnybrook and mm-hmm. attempt the natural vaginal birth. There. Yeah. Okay. And then how did it play out mm-hmm. in the, how did your actual birth come? Yeah, so. So like, when did you go into labor? I think you said, you was a little bit early. Right? Yeah, so we, I was doing like acupuncture because he was so big. I'm like, okay, it's time. Like, let's go. <laughs> You're coming out. Yeah, and we had been, our midwife had suggested like, you can choose to induce early if you'd like. But I said, let's give him to 40 weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, let's give him to his due date. And then if we need to, whatever. Um, So I was doing acupuncture and it wasn't quite taking. And then one day it did. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started contractions in the afternoon and uh, I got to like five minutes apart. So I called my midwife and Mm -hmm. she said, like, take a grab. I'll take an Advil, relax. But Mm -hmm. she wanted them three minutes apart. But unfortunately, I went the opposite way. So I went to 10 minutes apart, but oh. stronger contractions. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And so <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's, it's called prodomo labor or something. Oh, yeah. Okay. I have to look it up. Yeah. Um, but uh, she thought I'd be calling her in a couple hours, but it was 12, another 12 hours of that. So that was, but you're also exhausted. I, I'm not sleeping. No, I, it no. was every 10 minutes I'd wake up and I'm like, I think I woke up in the morning and just like had already cried through the night realizing like I, there's no way I could continue this for another 12 hours, con- contractions closer together, stronger yeah. together. And I'm like, with no sleep and 12 hours in plus. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, Kate, let's go epidural. Like we're done. And mm-hmm. so we got to the hospital. She got there within an hour of me calling and started the epidural and life was blissful from that yeah. moment on. Yeah. It was just glorious. Um, when you finally get it, it kind of washes over you like a yeah. warm blanket, yeah. doesn't it? And yeah. it was just nice to not be in that pain. And I had a doula there. Um, my husband was there and, you know, it was just nice. Like we were laughing and mm-hmm. it just, yeah. It felt like you was back to yeah. being able to enjoy what was going yeah. on. And then, so we arrived at the hospital around 8 a.m., 9 a.m. And, um, I didn't start pushing until late into the evening. So you're like two days in pretty much. Yeah. And uh, was you exhausted? Yeah. They told me to sleep, but I couldn't. Uh, And you're also excited. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, I wanted my baby. I'm so excited. And like hindsight. Yeah. I should have slept. I should have been more hydrated because just what happened after. But Mm -hmm. um, it was a very wonderful. Yes. It (laughs) it was a very calm um, room. Mm -hmm. So that was lovely. Yeah. Yeah, and then tell us about the actual birth itself. <laughs> this is where it gets fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, start. I think I pushed for an hour and a half to two hours, uh, and he was not fitting. Yeah. So, the midwife, she was a bit junior, and I could see the look in my doula's eyes, which I knew was like, "What's happening?" Yeah. Um, but she ended up calling an OB in, and when he checked, he was like, "There's no way this." baby's gonna fit and then they also found meconium so it was the like okay right. let's go plus with the heart rate and his heart rate was starting to slow so there's too just many like, things all together let's go mm-hmm. and so there was some like miscommunication in the room between like the when they switched over care and just some like when the new drama started. yeah and right. like so that was hard because um, switchovers can be really tricky if they happen at a really pivotal point to yes. you, right? Yeah. And so I was, it was at the point where I'm like, told my doula, like, you got to get them out of the room or like, you need to like, 
zen me out somehow because I just don't want to be one Around of those two that. things have to happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they wheeled me into uh, surgery. Right. And nobody tells you when they top up your epidural, mm-hmm. you can shake like uncontrollably. Oh, you're the second person who's told me this this week and I've never yeah. heard of it. So that just like shot up my fear instantly because I've never had any surgery. I've never been in the hospital like that. No. And so I was like, why am I trembling? Why am Are I you trembling because of um like almost feeling fevery? No, it's the drugs. I have that. Oh, it's just like the penetrating through you. The amount of drugs they put in you, apparently that's like a side effect. And wow. like so you're like when you're cold, that feeling, but it's mm-hmm. like your whole body and wow. Yeah, so that was happening. I'm unnerving when someone's coming near you even though. Yes. <laughs> and I kept I kinda of was like joking. I'm like, I just don't want to feel anything. Like do whatever the you need to do. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to feel it. Like yeah, yeah. and um so they had told me, like, if I start to feel sick, let them know. And um, I was pretty dehydrated, but I didn't know at the time. Mm-hmm. And so the shaking made me afraid. And then I felt nauseous. And so they gave me some gravel. Mm-hmm. But all of this, while all of this, like, nausea was coming on, Jack was being born. And so they... So they, you're missing the moment, yes. in a way. So they took him out. And it was funny, because he was so big, and you were saying they made... They make comments, whatever. Well, oh, yeah. they made a comment about we have a three-month-old. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, but um Here's your toddler. Yeah, yeah. And so he wasn't breathing. So they took him oh, to God. um do the check over at the whatever, the station. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like staring at my husband, being like, What's going on? Did we have a boy? Do we have a girl? What's oh, happening? Yeah. And they had to innovate him twice. Um, and what does that mean? They had to like go down his trachea oh to like clear out his lungs. Like, yeah. So he would start breathing. Right. Got it. And Dave wasn't even allowed to go over to see him. And oh so, I mean, I was just bawling at that point. And then when they brought him over to put him on me, I actually had to say, get him off me. I'm going to throw up, which was wow. like the hardest thing oh. ever because yeah. I want to hold my baby and And you've been in this traumatic situation where you're like just give him to me already oh but now I'm gonna I'm gonna barf and so I threw I threw up and the gravel then they they gave me so much gravel that I passed out and so I passed out as I'm tired like just just out like they also you're you've you've been awake for like two whole days yeah and so they they were like Jen do you want to hold him and I couldn't even open my eyes to like I could hear it but I could and so anyways it was was it like that moment when you're completely asleep where someone's like tapping you and you're like I don't care what yeah like I couldn't like I was like I can't even open my eyes and then I just remember waking up in the recovery room um and they had this crazy cool blanket on me that like, like it was like a emergency warm blanket oh, but it's okay. like filled up with air I just remember thinking this is so, so cool, cool. <laughs> um, but where am I yes and then um they brought Jack over and put him on my chest so I finally got to hold him which was beautiful mm-hmm. um and what did that moment feel like which you just overwhelmed with yeah it was like it was surreal because it was like what just happened like I just had major surgery I'm was like throwing up my son wasn't breathing like what like all yeah. this stuff that I was it's like, like you woke up from a dream and yeah. your baby's on like you. where's my husband like and um and then uh they were like okay hey, we're gonna do a head to toe check mm-hmm. fortunately the OB that was following our file asked for a pediatric nurse to come up and mm-hmm. just check his arrhythmia and in that moment 
you know, she yelled out, like, I can't check his arrhythmia because his heart's beating so fast and proceeded to explain to me that she needs to take him to NICU. And I'm like, okay, go. Like, yeah. And she kept explaining, like, over and over. And I kept saying, go. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't care about the explanation. Like, I need yes, you to look after yeah. him. And so then he left. Dave went with him. And my mom showed up, which was nice, because then I could just kind of take a breath and, Neither. like, cry it out. And yeah. she's there and, like... um and wow, yeah. what a like what a whirlwind. <laughs> oh my god. Because yeah. you're imagining this you're imagining beautiful, this beautiful like, moment yeah. with your child yeah. and then you're like in and out of consciousness yeah. being told differing traumatic yeah. things yeah. each time. Yes. And so it was like wow. it it was That's the like, is he breathing? Is he not? Is his heart okay? Is it not? There was so much stuff and I just remember And am I okay? Am I not? Yeah. Well, I don't even think I thought about that, to no. be honest. Like I but don't the fact you're going in and out of consciousness yes. almost yeah. is like you're not being able to have, yeah. you're not seeing the whole thing play out. You're just waking up and someone's saying, oh, it's yeah. heart's going too fast. Yes. Yeah. It was, it's been a long journey to like even be able to sit here and talk about it without oh, breaking down. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like, it, I had to also then grieve the like fact that his birth wasn't, it wasn't what anyone wanted, but no. it was what apparently he needed to have. Um <laughs> So it's strange. Like I, there's days I look back and I can't even think about it. And mm-hmm. there's days I can talk Sit about here and it. Chat. Yeah. So I think that's just part of like grieving mm-hmm. uh, anything mm-hmm. because I find the same. Like some days I'll just talk about things that have happened to me. Like I'm chatting about the weather right. and other days someone will ask me about the weather yes. and I'll cry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like no two things are linked. So yeah. Um, thank you for sharing it with me because oh, yeah that's that's a lot of stuff to happen mm-hmm. um and I think um I was reading like what you were saying as well but a lot of us often with like birth like if everything goes well after or whatever plays out after yes. actually we're often like oh well it could have been worse yeah. or but it's kind of like downplaying like how we feel yes. about something and yes. I think that's really important yes. yeah because um oh, I don't know I just think your actual birth uh what happens to you and yes. your baby during birth is can have such a detrimental effect on how you feel afterwards totally and often I just I hear so many people being like oh or even people who have um applied to be on the podcast and they're like well you know it wasn't as bad as my friend or right. I know other people right. have it worse but it's so irrelevant because how somebody else's yes. story plays out never makes you feel better or worse no. yeah it might make you connect with them yes but you can't heal someone else's journey through it being a bit better than yours or a bit worse than yours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, no, I think, well, thank you for getting to this point (laughs) to share, but, like, that's a lot. Oh, it's a lot of therapy and a lot. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of these conversations, like, I feel like are therapy for me too because I'm like, oh, they felt like that as well. Yes. Or um, just hearing other people's experiences. Yeah, it it makes it feel a little less scary to look back on. Like, Mm -hmm. when I know other people have gone through it or even those who've had, like, quote-unquote, perfect, their perfect birth. Like, it's beautiful thought and, like, Mm You know, I've, I've even had the thought of, like, if we have another child, I felt guilty about Jack not having that mm. perfect birth because this next could kid or yeah. this next kid could, could have yeah. it, right? And and they may not. But it's that idea that... Oh, there's so much comparison once you have more yeah. than one. I have it all the time well, about just about anything. And it's like, I... 
I there's no way I could have controlled Jack's birth. So there's no reason for me to try and think I can no. control the next one. But you so, kind of, yeah. I think there's something about being the person that births yes. that you feel like yeah. it's your responsibility, yeah. even though it's, it's totally out of your yeah. hands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's probably a stupid question, but how did you feel after? <laughs> <laughs> you wrote here, you felt like you'd been smacked by a truck. Yes. I, and that sounds I like, like I, I, in hindsight, again, it's like, I was so dehydrated and so exhausted that um, I remember waking up the next morning. So, I mean, I think I got into our room at like 2 a.m. and I was up at 7 and having to... to Oh, go to the NICU. Well, I I didn't even go. I like... I. What's it called? Expressed colostrum, oh, the colostrum. Yeah, yeah, into yeah. a spoon, which then gets oh, syringed up. And Dave took it down, and he fed Jack the first time. And then, then I went down and fed him. But it was and that's a whole nother part of oh, the experience God, yeah. that you've probably felt like you're missing. As yeah, well. and then and I remember like I've only admitted this to two people, mm-hmm. but I remember um, going down that that first day. I saw him a bunch, and then I went upstairs. I took my codeine, and I was like, "Can I have a nap?" And mm-hmm. they brought him up, and I remember feeling this moment of like, "I'm not ready." Mm-hmm. Like I, it's he can't be here because I need to sleep. And I just remember being like, "How the f am I going to do this?" Yeah, because it's like, and, and like it's so fair. Yeah, like, and then it was the like, okay, well, I'm starting this off completely exhausted, like to like up for two hours straight labor so it was the and like even what? like when I think back to how dreadful I've felt after birth or particularly this last time um but I, I wasn't like I gave birth in three hours start to finish and yeah okay I didn't sleep that night because it happened in the period I was supposed to be asleep and I was doing god knows what before but it really took it out of me and I feel like it's scary to think that I'm doing that again with two kids at home but yeah, it's just, I cannot imagine being up for two days. Just this weekend, we had our son up for one whole night because we'd gone out for dinner for mm. anniversary. Then he was up for the rest of the night. So we, we missed a night's sleep. And I feel horrendous. Yeah, it's have different done. now. It's weird. It's just, yeah, 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 I don't know. Like, And that to be your start, starting yes. point of motherhood, it was hard. we've had all this stuff going on. That's it was no wonder you felt like it. Yes, <laughs> you, a track. Yeah. you probably like did feel like that. Um, I mean, physically, like that's how it does feel, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, and oh, what was there was something you said here that I was trying to. Um, so what was what do you really feel that helped you in those moments of feeling terrible? Like, well, obviously, you're advocating for yourself there where you're like, okay, I, I need to sleep, that's more important here, or um, well, how did you cope? So, um, he, Jack wouldn't sleep unless he was physically on us. Wow. Um, even at the hospital. Uh, well, the first night at the hospital, I just put him on me and I remember the nurse being like, don't do that. I'm like, screw you. Like, yeah. I, I have to sleep and like getting him in out of the like crib thing they have him in. I was like, sorry, like yeah. he's going on top of me and he's safe. Like I knew he was safe. Yeah. And ultimately you're the one making the decisions. But it's, yeah, it's yeah. hard. Like, he's not moving. Like, he wasn't moving. So I was just like, he's fine. Dave's in the room. Like, it's all good. Mm-hmm. And then I remember asking the midwife, like, he's not sleeping on his own. What do we do? She's like, you may have to take shifts holding him. So staying awake. So we would do two to three hour shifts where mm-hmm. Dave would stay awake and go to the nursery and hold him and watch, like, Jack- Dave would put on his ear buds and mm-hmm. watch um netflix and i would sleep and th- for a couple of hours and then we'd swap and i'd stay up and hold um jack in the bed mm-hmm. um and that was exhausting that too. was really hard and like looking back i'm like 
we were like I said, I'm it's so funny. I said to my husband, I don't know how we survived it because now that he sleeps through the night, like even the thought of Oh, going through it again. I'm yeah. just like, what? And and my husband joked. He's like, I'm so glad I had military training. And I just was like, I didn't have military training. Like, what are you talking no, about? No, motherhood is military yeah. training. Like, I had to rip that band-aid off. I didn't oh get any God. training. So it was just funny because it's like. But it's funny what you do when you have to. Oh, you, exactly. Yeah, like. There's no you, choice. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, you're so strong. Or you, I can't believe that X person did this. And it's like. You don't have a choice, no, actually, it's half all the you time. Know sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and you don't know any different, yeah. and that's just what your experience yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so uh, you were saying here that um, your midwife really helped you in your worst moments because she was kind of giving you the chance to talk about your birth. Yeah, it was actually the when I, when I left, like, the exit interview, mm-hmm. she was the first person that actually asked me if I wanted to talk about my birth and I hadn't even considered it. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think when the floodgates really opened Mm -hmm. because it was, um, we'll get into it, but you know, there was more post birth that almost, um, took any, no, I don't want to say any light off of the birth, but there was so much after Jack's birth medically that I didn't get to grieve or process or heal or well, you almost become a, a secondary thing yes. going on like yeah. Jack's now important yes. what's going on with him is yes. important so no one thinks yeah like often not motherhood yeah. no one thinks yeah. to ask how mum is doing. exactly and so she was great because she really you know she asked that question I kind of looked at her like a deer in headlights because I hadn't been asked that mm-hmm. and like what me <laughs> yeah and then it was like I just cried yeah. like because it was yeah, was, you know, it's still hard to think about and Mm -hmm. it's not, it it wasn't anything I thought I would ever experience. Yeah. What went down. So it was just like, um, it was nice to have that person there and also like have support at home. Like my mom came and Dave was there and, you know, they would let me nap if I could and rest. And you wrote here as well, like admitting it was fucking terrible. Yeah. Like admitting. Being allowed to say that. Yes. And admitting that like, it wasn't this like rainbows and unicorns that people can sometimes make it out to be. And when it's not, that's all you can see too, I find, is that like everything that pops up on your feed, on social, or like anyone you bump into are like, I had this magical time and I've been hypnopathing and you're like, "Mm." yeah, it's like, no, (laughs) no, that's not what happened to me. Um, Yeah. With the best intentions and stuff. Yes, exactly. And then tell us, tell us what happened after that because there's a lot more to your story and what happened with Jack. So I feel like. Yeah. So after he went into NICU. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I was oh. going to say Mighty Jack. Because Mighty like, Jack. Yes. <laughs> missing his actual name there. Like almost I'll rude. Birth certificate. <laughs> yeah. So basically when he was in the NICU, they were just watching out for a really fast heart rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he was taken down, his heart rate was around 220 beats per minute. And normally babies are like l- much lower, like a hundred. And is that what arrhythmia is? Just a fast heart, no. heartbeat? No. So okay. arrhythmia can just be like, um, a double beat or like okay. a, a change in the rhythm, mm-hmm. but the fast heartbeat was something new. Okay. And so it is a type of an arrhythmia. Okay. But I'll get into But they're the, also, they're like an umbrella of things or I'll, I'll let, I'll of, let you keep going. Yes. Um, and so... Um, we were discharged a couple days later and our midwife had set up 
with a cardiologist for us to get a, a holter put on him, which is just a monitor that checks his heart rate for 24 hours. Right. So she was working on that. And unfortunately, the paperwork got lost between sick kids and Michael Guerin just for whatever reason. Bad luck. Bad luck. Yeah. Um, so we didn't get the appointment until a week and a half after. And it takes five days to get the test results. So... You were up against the clock at this point. We didn't know what we were up against because we didn't know what was happening. So things haven't progressed. Like, how did you find out that they lost your paperwork? um, We were asking when we were going to have the appointment. The midwife just kept updating us that she was on top of it. And she was. She was advocating like a mother. (laughs) (laughs) But somewhere between the two, there's no paperwork to keep track of almost. Yeah. So we finally get the appointment and we get his holter on and it's just basically like a bunch of tape with wires and a a box that monitors it. So one morning, I believe it was March 7th, um, (laughs) I was in my bed doing some work, let's call it. I think I was trying to write a newsletter or something and Jack was sleeping on the bed and I got a phone call and I thought it was the midwife. And at that point, that day I was going to call her because I knew something was wrong with my son. Like Mm -hmm. he was crying and not in a newborn way. He Mm -hmm. really wasn't sleeping like they say newborns should be sleeping. Yeah. You know, my husband was a bit like, well, he's a newborn. He cries. I'm like, this is different. Like, yeah, you just, you know, know. newborns aren't awake for two to three hours at a time. Like they sleep unless something's up. So that morning was like my, I was drawing the line where I was like, I'm going to call the midwife and just be like, look, something's wrong. We need to look into this. But that phone call was actually his cardiologist. Right. And she left a voicemail with her cell phone, which I knew was, oh shit, yeah. something's wrong. Yeah. Um, David gone out for a run for his first run and he didn't take his phone. And so oh, I was God. on the phone with my, with the cardiologist and I actually like, she just said, we have the test results. Um, you need to pack a bag for sick kids for about five days and get down there within an hour or two max. Like I said, how long do I have? Because my husband's out. I'm two weeks like cesarean. Oh my God. Oh my God. So I must have been awful. I cried half an hour, whatever till he comes back. But like, I thanked her because she was validating all of the shit that I was terrified about and Mm -hmm. thinking there was something wrong with my son. And here she is being like, yep, get in. And so I think I, texted or called my no he didn't have his phone so I I uh you probably did but realized it's on the side or something I I think I called my mom and was just like we're going to sick kids and like broke down and she's like okay I'll be in I'll get the dog whatever um Mm -hmm. so I went and I packed up I didn't know what to pack I was like do we take diapers they have diapers there like what do I pack like and you're in a panic probably and so it was like you know, I pack clothes, I pick this, I pack my camera because this is like, I have to document this because mm-hmm. this is Jack's life, Mighty Jack's life. Yeah. And then I waited at the top of the stairs. And as soon as Dave walked in, I'm like, we're going for a staycation. Like, pack your bags. We're going to sick kids. And it was like, what? <laughs> oh so he hopped in the shower. He got out. He was still sweating, I think. And we got in the car. And What a shock for him, too. He must have oh. been like, uh. Yeah. And so we got there and um, there was doctors waiting for us to kind of check Jack out. And mm-hmm. I remember they were listening to his heart with a stethoscope and they just said, how did you know he was, he was in it? I'm like, in what? Like, what are you talking about? They oh, told us, the arrhythmia. they told us to come down. And mm-hmm. so then they hooked him up to an ECG machine and his heart rate was about 300. Wow. So it was the like shock of like, 
what's wrong with my son and like tears of like I knew 220 was bad but 300 freaked me out I didn't out. even know 300 was an option yeah <laughs> and I have a picture wow. of him um in that moment and you can't even tell like he's just lying there on our laps like it's like no just biggie. another day and uh yeah wow. so they rushed us over to um the cardiac clinic like the ward the unit mm -hmm. and did some things that got him out of it yeah that are not nice yeah and like I found out later what they actually so you were. wasn't in the I was in the room but I didn't know that what they were doing he, basically they had to suffocate him in order for him to convert out of it oh my god it's called icing and what it they put the ice on their forehead and nose and basically cover them because they they tried like five different ways to convert him. And this is the way the only way left. that it usually works without like medical, a, a really, a really scary medical injection. injection of meds. So I didn't know that's what that was until about maybe four months ago. So I'm glad wow. because yeah. I thought it, they were just putting ice on his forehead and that was the technique, but I learned my friend had to do it to her son and I learned. Wow. Yeah. So so long story so good that you didn't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm very grateful. I had no idea because good. I think in that moment I would have completely lost it. Like yeah. I was able to keep it together. Um, you know, they, they were putting an IV in They're Like a lot of people don't want to watch this. I'm like, you're putting a needle on my son. I'm watching this. Yeah. Like, and, uh, we were, he was put on, um, beta blockers yeah. via an IV and he became a completely different person. Like he, was sleeping and he was calm and he was this beautiful little like angel of proper everything. Baby. Yeah. yeah. And so it was so nice. Um, it was really hard to be in I'm like, here comes the tears. <laughs> Don't worry. Let <laughs> it, them come. It was We've really, box. <laughs> really hard to be in the, um, in the room we were in because we were sharing it with three other families. And oh so God. we didn't actually have anywhere to sleep. So we were split up. So we were split up for his birth. Oh, were you and him or and three of you? Yeah. Oh so God. we were split up the night of his birth. Then we were split up again in sick kids. And that didn't occur to me until like one of my therapists said something. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, different nights I was sleeping in different rooms. Dave was in different rooms. Sometimes we were together. And, and it probably feels so unnatural. Yeah. And like I was in a room across from this one main room and... Um, and I heard him crying, so I got up to go breastfeed him, and they were feeding him out of a bottle with my breast milk, which was great. Like, I was but happy, but it was still, like, ah, urge yeah. to be, like, you that's know, what I'm supposed yes. to do. So yeah. it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was a short stay. It was four, four days, which we're really grateful was that short. Um, I still think that in the grand scheme of things can feel really long when oh, it's... Yeah. You've just had a baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My midwife um, was the only one that actually put that into perspective. Mm -hmm. Like... I remember Some when people she never have to do that. Yeah. When she came and she was like, you guys have been through a lot. And I'm like, oh no, it's fine. Like, and what are you like week two at this point? Or? Yeah. Two and a half. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And she's like, you know, your, your recovery is going to be longer because you've been up like, you know, no up kidding. God. basically walking around and trying to like deal with that. And, um, well, if anyone thinks to the point of two weeks, you're kind of coming out of the worst of it, but you haven't even had a chance to get to the worst no. of it almost yeah. like I think the work everything everything came crumbling down at three months for mm -hmm. me like just anxiety and and everything but mm -hmm. um I think it was like when we found out we were being discharged was like the hardest because we were no longer going to be in a bubble of like protection like yeah. you know because it was like okay now he has meds three times a day and in 
in perspective of like what other families we met were going through, we had, we do have and had the best outcome possible. Like even the doctor that met with us when he was at 300 said, like, if you're going to pull a, the congenital heart disease card, Mm -hmm. this is the one you want to get. It's managed by meds. Mm -hmm. It doesn't require open heart surgery. Like, and that's hard to hear and accept in the moment. Yeah, I think actually that's, yeah, it's really hard to hear because that can, that's still your worst case scenario. It doesn't matter if it's somebody else's best. And I think, God, comparison is terrible. But of course, yeah. Comparison is actually almost worse sometimes, I think, in all of these traumatic things and death because Mm -hmm. then it's, I don't know, I've been in all sorts of situations like that. And I think people who really get it don't think of it as a comparison and you're all going through your own little version of hell. Yeah. And it's like, but it's hard to hear that. I think in the moment because you're grateful, but you're like, but it doesn't take away what's really happening. I think um, it was hard because, you know, we didn't know what the diagnosis was either. And I mean, he was trying to, to reassure us that he, that Jack was in the best care Mm -hmm. and that that's hard. Like, yes, we were in the best care at sick kids. Like that is like phenomenal care. Yeah. And so, um, but then being in a room with like three other families that were waiting for their one week old to have open heart surgery, it puts things into perspective. Yeah. It's good to have a balance between the two, but it, it can often take away from, you like being able to admit it's terrible still. yes yes and and validate that what I went through was shitty and mm-hmm. that you know no it's not a comparison but you know it wasn't easy and it it's hard to like I think for me it's always hard to like honor and witness what happened because I live in this kind of purgatory in between like healthy families and not so healthy families yes. so it's like I've seen the gamut and you know I am very grateful and like you know, it's, it's all we know. Like everyone's like, I don't know how you're doing it. I'm like, well, it's all we know. He's our first, like, we Mm -hmm. don't know any different. So this is just what life is. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it didn't make it any easier the nights when he, like for me, he never slept when he was undiagnosed. So like, if he didn't sleep, I was a mess because it was like, oh, he's in, he's in his condition. Even um, after you left the hospital, was that like a link Like 12 months. Like it took me at least till he was one to be like, this is a separate yeah. thing. And he, potentially. and like 12 months is when they can sometimes grow out of it. So there was this arbitrary date around his first birthday that everything right. lifted. Cause it was like, he's still alive. Like I didn't, I hadn't pictured his first birthday. Really? So up until wow. like a month before his first birthday, I never really pictured a birthday party because You're too scared. To there me. was this like <laughs> fear of, well, he might grow out of it. He might not. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So it was hard because, you know, that was our, like, that was just how it looked. And I kind of like doom is hanging over you a bit. A bit. And there, and unfortunately with him, it's a condition that can come back. Like he can grow out of it. And he's currently, I know we're going off topic a bit here. No, that's okay. He's currently off his meds, which is effing amazing. Like it's such a great place he's in. The challenges. um, And how old is he now? He's 18 months. So he's been off for about a month and a half. Um, so in this moment where you say he's off the meds, does that mean um, in this moment that he doesn't have it? Not, no, no, we're not cleared. Like, or does that not never happen? I, I don't, don't know if it'll ever happen because it's kind of like remission because it can come right. back when they are older. So 
it's, it's hard. I think that's the biggest lesson for me in his whole birth and his life is that, um, like, how do I articulate this? Um, I have to accept that we'll never know. And like, just accepting that it is what it is. It, you know, it's okay. And like, there will always be that mama bear piece of me in the back, having that checkbox of, is it his heart? But when he was three months old, that was the first checkbox. And now it's right. the last. Like, okay. I'm now at a point where I can be like... I've checked my boxes. <laughs> like, fever, teething, this. Like, mm-hmm. okay, normal baby The things stuff. everyone else yes. is thinking about. And then be like, okay, is it his heart? And it's just hard. Is that a relief to get to that point? Yeah, oh gosh, yeah. Like, I... I remember he had like a terrible fever and it was like before I would have freaked out calling Dave being like, it's his heart. And now it's like, nope, it's just a fever. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, that might trigger it. Unfortunately. Yeah. But at the um, moment it's just the fever. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, yeah, it's like I, I, you know, I'm going through some stuff with some daycare where it's like challenging, you know, with his stethoscope and just his heart condition. And I didn't think it ever would be. And it's reminded me that, as parents, we're always going to be advocating for our children. And I kind it of... It doesn't matter what it exactly, is. Exactly. Yeah. And I kind of thought, okay, well, I won't have to advocate for his heart anymore. I'll just have to advocate for him as a kid. But it's not the case. And it's like, okay, lesson learned. Like, And I think the mama bear thing you said, like, I feel like um, having not experienced these kind of things and having two kids now, there's something. Um, and it might not be as extreme and it might not sort of bring on all of the anxiety that you're getting because of everything you've been through. But I feel like you just can't ever just mentally rest. No, and I think you know, that's you know what I mean. So I, you're yeah. probably thinking that, I don't know, I'm putting words in your mouth, but when all this like goes away in quotes, uh, you can rest. But it's like do you find something else, there's yeah. always something else. Yeah, and I, I, think, I, I think I said to my husband I, when I realized, like I think around 12 months I said, I'm like, we're never going to know. We're never going to, the only way you know is if he has an episode of his condition. So Mm -hmm. you will never truly know if he's grown out of it unless it's there. And so it's like, you know, I'm like, this is going to be something for life Mm -hmm. that I will always have in the back of my mind. And it's a friend of mine whose son has, it was like, we're never really out of the woods. And like, I, I, I equate it to you've left the woods, but you feel like you've left something behind and you're not sure if you need to go get it. Right, yeah. yeah. And God. it's just like, it's this kind, it's, you can look at it as like this, which looming. is really anxiety. Inducing. No, but just you saying that makes me feel like, but it, that's where it's like, it's been a huge lesson for me and how to identify when my anxiety kicks in and like, right. you know, tell the difference. Yes, between the two. And it's like, if there's ever any, like, if I start going, like I should be doing this or I should be that I'm like, Kate okay, trigger, like there's my anxiety or, you know, the what ifs and, I've just, you know, I've just been trying to enjoy it, like enjoy him because he's amazing and, Mm. and not let it run our life because it did. And it exhausted me. And, you know, it's like, yes, it's a part of his story and yes, it's part of his life and it's probably going to be with us for forever, but it's not going to rule it. Yeah, exactly. And doesn't have to define it. You can have all these beautiful moments Mm -hmm. and it'd be at the back of your mind, but what's happening would be more important. Yes. And it doesn't, like it doesn't necessarily control our lives, but it, you know, it's just there. It's kind of like, I hope he doesn't ever have to go back on meds and I hope he never has an episode. And, you know, I hope by the time he's old enough to understand what it is, 
he can identify, hey, my heart hurts. Yeah, if he it can help you back, almost because he's going to... He'll have communication you'll be able, Yeah, he'll be able to say, <laughs> yeah, you're right, mum, or no, yeah. I'm completely fine, yeah. like you're just worrying or yes. whatever. Yeah. Um, and that might be a nice place to get to yes. where he can, like, almost help you in a exactly. way. Um, so take us back to... You were saying at the three-month mark that was when it was really hard for you. Like, what, yeah, I what think, changed there? I think, like, he just... There were so many days of him just, like, not sleeping because he's a baby. And, you know, you're out doing stuff. And, like, mm-hmm. maybe he doesn't sleep when he's supposed to. And he just would get so mad and angry. And I was just always running for the stethoscope and always thinking it was his heart. And one day I was leaving, I think, like, um, a um, net workout. Oh, yeah. And, like, <laughs> Love I was, like, I was, like he didn't nap while I was there and I was just like freaking out and crying. And I think my husband had always kind of, he didn't diminish anything, but I think from his logical brain, he was so like the meds are working. Like he does, like he, he was so good at that. I always like, wonder if that's a man thing. Cause my husband's very similar. He's like, he kind of like works through a checklist yeah. and he's like, it's you, you need well, to it's do the emotional. X. Yeah. Like, like I'm the emotional tie to Jack in that way. Right. And so it's and like, you're with him all day. Yeah. And so I remember just like going home and being like, we're buying a Fitbit because I can put it on Jack's ankle and I can check his heart rate on like a regular basis, even though it's not like thousand percent accurate. It's better than, than me nothing, yeah. checking his heart all the time, freaking out, panicking. So yeah. it was like, that's it. And I remember um, I was telling a friend of mine and she referred me. Well, she told me about the Life Stages program at Women's College Hospital. Okay. It's for um, a year postpartum and it's for premenopausal, menopausal, like any life stages of women. Oh, okay. Um, covered by OHIP. So wow. it's free. And so is I this applied. Up? So this is when before your child is one. Is that right? Is that what yes. you meant? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So um, but I, you can go in any any time frame of that first yeah year, or guessing. if you're like in menopause like there's a there it has to do with life stages reproductions oh, okay. and stuff like that so um I applied to see someone there it took a while they're mm-hmm. working on that but yeah. um and so I went and that's like that was the next step was like okay I need to see someone to just talk about this who's you know arbitrary and doesn't know our story and can and doesn't try and fix it they let you talk and so on yeah and so that was super helpful Um, but that was like when it all kind of hit the fan and like when I was like okay I need to take care of myself I need to sleep I need to yeah I'm a a human yes I need to help myself to help exactly Jack yeah um wow well (laughs) I'm like that's a lot (laughs) um so if you had any advice to anyone not necessarily in your exact situation but it's like going through either a traumatic birth or getting a diagnosis waiting for a diagnosis anything congenial heart disease related would you have any advice to them or just advice like looking back on your experience do you think I think like you just can't be tied to anything like you you know you might want xyz but we're so not in control any of that that I think as hard as it is to accept it, if you can let it go before. Yeah. If you can just really truly understand that you may not have a choice. And that Mm -hmm. was hard for me was like, all I wanted was a choice in how he was birthed. Mm -hmm. And then like, I remember telling my doula, like, I just want to decide whether or not he has the cesarean or not or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard, but um, in theory, I kept saying, okay, I'm cool with whatever, but 
But when it happens to you, it's different, isn't it? It is. And I think honoring that pain and that grief and that discomfort or whatever that is, is so important. Like, however you need to do it. So Mm -hmm. if it's running, go for a run. And like, there were so many things that I put off taking care of me because of Jack or I thought I needed to be doing whatever um, that I think it's just important to ask for help if you need it in whatever shape that is, even Mm -hmm. if it's like, can you please hold my baby for five minutes, Mm -hmm. whatever. So hard to do as well, isn't it? I think the more and it's so, it's so easy to tell other people, but then to do it yourself, it's quite, I think it, I think for me, it makes, well, it makes me feel vulnerable Or it also sometimes opens up the door for it not to happen. And you're like, oh, if I don't ask, it's not so bad. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It's it's a hard one. Yes. Um, So I feel like that kind of segues nicely into like what you've been doing for Jack and well for other people since um, he arrived. Um, Do you want to tell us a bit about a bit, about a bit, a bit about... (laughs) God, tongue twister. Um, Mighty heart. Yeah. So, um, so, how did it start? Like, what gave you the idea? Like, yeah. So, when we were at Sick Kids and in that room with three other families, um, I guess I should backtrack. Okay. We, we didn't have any family photos. And um, so, oh, so like no newborn shots, no, you mean? Not okay. yet. And so, as a photographer, that's like just terrible. And <laughs> that's one reason why I grabbed the camera when we were told to pack because um, we had photos done. I had taken photos of Jack mm-hmm. with the heart holder, but we didn't have any as a family. And I knew this was going to be something I wanted to document. So late one night at Sick Kids, we were just sitting around watching Jack and looking at all these families waiting for open heart surgery and like structural issues and like just terrifying experiences in my from my perspective and you know I I said to Dave like there's got to be a way we can help these families like some of these families are here for months like I know one mom who's been in there for a year like and 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 to not have any of their child story documented to not have them documented in that story to Mm -hmm. me is heartbreaking yeah so um yeah and is it something that wasn't thought of before? Because um, obviously totally different experience with my son dying. Like it was something they right. had told us before right. and then in the moment and then afterwards. Um, and I think they do like probably even way better services now because it's been a while yeah. and we never like sort it out. But I was wondering, is that something that wasn't there before or just something that wasn't done I think in the way you're doing. Yeah, I think it's, I think, you know, anyone can invite a photographer into the hospital. But for me, it was a way to give back to these families that are like, it doesn't exist in the sense that there's not a project or program. But that's what I mean. Like, obviously, you can invite someone in, but you've got to have the foresight or the energy or time, money, blah, blah, blah. Well, and for so for Project Mighty Hearts, um, it kind of came about as like, how can I give back? in a way that's like meaningful and, and, and provides these families. And so we were trying to figure out how to do that. Well, thank you. (laughs) But we were trying to figure out like, how does this work? What's like, how do we make this work and make it available? And so that's where this one-to-one idea of like anyone who, who gets a session through my business, Mm -hmm. um, a session's gifted to a family. And that way it's like an easy 
an easier way than, you know, maybe it's like the hospital reaches out and right, red tape right, right. or that kind of stuff. So, um, so you're a bit more, um, free to do it in the way yeah, you can, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, um, you know, right now it's specifically for heart families, but I'm hoping soon in the future to expand it to any health issues. If mm-hmm. there's a family who's, you know, in hospital or at home going through their journey, yeah. um, to have it documented because, our slogan or our motto is mm-hmm. everyone's story deserves to be told. And there's so many of the Amazing. kids that like um, the moms are like, I can't wait to show them this when they're 13 and see how strong they were when they were three months old, like going through surgeries. And, and kid love, kids love yeah. to see that like on a completely different level every night before my son goes to bed, my husband shows him pictures of the day Perfect. and he'll be yeah. like, you know, we went it's to gorgeous. the park and played football yeah. And he loves it. And yeah. when I very rarely put him to bed, he'll be like, pictures, pictures. Oh, and I'm so like, sweet. damn it, I didn't take him right. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he loves it. So yeah. to be able to show him and, that, and, and the other family as part yes, of their journey exactly. in a beautiful way rather yeah. than like my badly taken camera photos. Well, I think <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like the really outsider's special. perspective of like this really special. And, and nobody thinks going to the hospital for surgery is a special time, but it's such a momentous time in your family's life. Like People think that about death though too. They're like, why would you want to take a picture yeah, of that? Yeah. And it's like, no, that's the very reason I need to take a picture yes, of it because I'm yeah. going to have nothing when I yeah, leave. Yeah. And I think even looking back now, I think like that's all I have. And it's the saddest thing sometimes because you can't add to it. Right. And I think you know however someone's journey plays out like to be able to give that as a service is incredible yeah. because yeah you can't bring back memories no and like and we, you can't rewind time so. we weren't sure what we didn't know jack like we didn't know what was going to happen and it was like what if that yeah. what if like what if he doesn't survive we have to have photos of him and us together and, and even if it is with him covered in wires like to yes. you that's your normal yes. too it exactly. doesn't matter yeah exactly yeah um yeah, I mean, incredible. I'll have to link all the details in the show notes and um, on the episode and stuff so that people can have a proper look. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add about like your journey, your experience? or? Um, I think as hard as it is, when you're ready to talk, mm-hmm. like even if it's with a new mom you met, mm-hmm. um, I, I found sharing about birth stories in mom groups the easiest because we're all in the same kind of like but yeah foggy whatever and you just kind of blurt out all this stuff. that's really funny actually because I found that the hardest and I don't know if it's just because I got so emotional mm. and I felt like I could never tell like my now sons who are living stories without right. including right. the other right. and it's like the guilt I would carry but you're right it's it's so nice to have that to share with people who get it even if they haven't experienced it yeah I mean I got the because you get a connection yeah no matter what and I definitely got the looks of like oh my god that happened to you but it didn't I didn't care how they reacted because I just needed to get it out Mm -hmm. and it's like you will eventually find those people who get it yeah sorry where were we we were saying that I think you're saying about like they might not they might not get it and they'd be like but I think sometimes it's important to get it out because otherwise you either have to live a lie where you haven't told anyone anything or you have to keep explaining it every time yeah. you go to your mum yeah. group because you're like, oh, they didn't know exactly. and they've just said this thing. And now it's almost like I always found like, oh, if I get it out at the beginning, whether I cry, don't, whatever, then I can just be myself yes. afterwards. Yeah. Otherwise you have this kind of like burden on your back where you're like, oh, God, 
if they ask me this other question, then right. I'll come unstuck and I won't be able right. to continue with, oh, I just have one yeah. healthy child or yes. two healthy children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a lot to carry around yeah. as well. It's so. like a blessing and a curse, right? Because it's like you want to share and you want, like, I feel like when you find the right place, mm-hmm. it's so great or right person or whatever that is. It's so great because there's the space for you to share yes but then at the same time there's so much sharing in certain circles or certain groups that you're just like I can't like I can't I will scare the living shit out of these people I I think I think you say that though but like I feel like I've come to think that we do that a lot and this is like part of the reason I wanted to do this project because yeah you feel like I don't want to scare you or people say oh or people have written to me and be like, oh, I don't want to scare anyone, but this is what happened to me. Right. If we all never scare exactly. anyone, then we're never getting to say what really happened. Yeah. And, and I think, like, yeah, to normalise yeah. it. Yeah. And it makes everything a bit of a taboo. And yes. I think, I know that a lot of people, if they're doing something like hypnobirthing, are like, oh, need to block out any negativity at all. But you can opt in and out of it. Like, it's not like I'm saying every pregnant person who's about to give birth tomorrow should come and listen to each story right. and like carry that with them when right. they're in labor but you know you can find a time and a place where exactly. it's okay for you to exactly. listen exactly and you um, can always hit pause like yeah yeah that's where it's like I maybe that's the advice is like you have to find what's right for you and what works for you because maybe you do come unstuck like you were saying and that's okay yeah but it's like being able to like find what's okay is so hard when you're on the fog yeah and it's just like Plus, I think it it holds, uh, it stays with you far longer than it says the other person. They're going to maybe like tear up when you tell them Mm -hmm. or be affected by it, but they'll generally go about their day. As if I would to leave out the fact I have another son for days and like maybe even longer, I'd be like, oh, I can't believe I said that. Like, oh, and it would really like stick with me and it would trigger like me feeling anxious and other things. Yeah. And that's not worth it for someone else who likely probably wouldn't care exactly or might not have even been scared so yes anyway. yeah exactly so we'll finish with my slightly more light-hearted finishing questions <laughs> like I don't remember what I wrote <laughs> what was the moment of motherhood that made you laugh the most I love this answer. oh yeah okay. I love any poo related answers <laughs> if I'm honest um I he must have been like a month old or less and I had finished breastfeeding him and handed him over to Dave. He it might have been younger, I don't know. Uh he was gonna change him and I said he hasn't pooped yet. Like and he's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And he was taking off his diaper and he literally projectile shit on the wall. Like just across <laughs> like a, like, a good foot or so and like sprayed the whole wall and I was laughing so hard, but I said to Dave, if this was last night, I would have been out the door, like, because the <laughs> night done. before was so bad, but... But sometimes you need those moments oh, to, like, break yes. up all the other, no pun intended, oh, shit going on, because you're so just funny. like, I need to laugh, oh, and yeah. it needs to be about, like, nothing in particular. Yeah, it was so funny. <laughs> we still laugh about that. Oh, God, I've had so many embarrassing true story <laughs> moments. I could do a whole per- podcast on that. And... Uh, I feel like we've uh, kind of already touched on your, what would you give uh, yourself as advice to go back? Um, She's saying about surrendering and stuff. Yes. But your perfect day without Mighty Jack, what would you do? Oh, geez, I feel like it's so different than what I probably wrote. Without Mighty Jack, like, in my care or if I never had Mighty no, Jack? No, not, well, no, not if you, more just like you get a complete day off where you know he's okay, you oh, don't okay. have to worry about him. Okay. And you've got, like, 24 oh, hours to do your own thing. 
Okay, so kind of what does um what do you fantasize about when yes. motherhood's a bit yes. much? <laughs> so there's definitely a run in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's definitely really good espresso in the form of an americano. Yeah, that's um, hot. <laughs> uh, yes, and there's probably a visit to a lake, like whatever lake that is. Spending time in water heat. Yeah, water, somewhere, yeah. anywhere. So bath, bath lake, lake, whatever. <laughs> And right now, like today, I really need to go hear some live music, specifically yeah. like classic rock. I'm okay. a big classic Are rock you? Cool. Fan. Is but that something you did with your husband before? We would go to live shows, but it's mm-hmm. like I need to, like, it's like I need to go to like the Cadillac Lounge in the West End and go dance. Like, it's cool. like just this like rocker, I just yeah. need to go and like party. Let loose. Yeah. But it could be in the middle of the day and I'd be fine with that. <laughs> I just need to. You need like, the music and some company. Yes. Um, <laughs> and probably spend some time with the dog. That's yeah. nice. I bet they having a dog. I'm, I've never had um, a dog, but I feel like when you have kids, they must just get neglected. Yeah, she's she's a little upset with us, but <laughs> just getting over it. Yeah. But also, they're such a comfort too, yes. no doubt. Yeah, and now they're like the two of them are kind of figuring each other out, so it's a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she got neglected for a bit. Oh, she's fine. Um, that sounds like a pretty awesome day. I feel like um, I can relate with the not so much the rock as a genre, <laughs> but um. My husband and I, if we ever get a night off, um, that's kind of our thing, going to some form of gig. Or I'd still dream of um, a time when someone babysits our kids for, like, a full weekend and we can go to, like, a festival. Yeah. But, like, you know, have them taken care of where, one, they're not coming, and, two, we can have, like, a bit of time to, like, recuperate afterwards. Yes. Um, It hasn't happened yet, but (laughs) I still dream about it. No, we're not there yet. We did. uh, We we had to experience the like movie date Mm -hmm. when I was like never again because of how expensive it is and like it didn't love the movie. And I was like, you have to love the movie. Mm -hmm. It's so much for the babysitter. It's so much for the movie tickets. I'm like, I'd rather. And you don't talk to each other. No, and I'm like, I'd rather sit at a bar beside my husband to have a conversation. We've actually gone to cinema separately. (laughs) that's what you, that makes more sense to or yeah. we have um like if it's a kids film uh we've taken Bodhi yeah. one of us on our own yeah um, way, way better it's not no I don't know I'd rather talk to my I husband. need some interaction yes. yeah. and I feel like um going to a gig or listening to music in that sort of scenario feels as far away from being a parent in the moment as exactly as you can it's like your former <laughs> life right yeah, yeah. oh well, for so sure good. well thank you so much for talking to me and opening your mighty heart oh, and sharing jack's story because yeah i think it's i don't, haven't actually talked to anyone who had NICU stay or had a diagnosis after the fact so it's nice to include those stories and i really love well I, I love it, but I, I'm hesitant to say this when somebody uses like their experience to do good, because sometimes I feel like it can be a pressure, like we all have to do that, and sometimes surviving right. is is, is all you yes. all you've got. But I think to give back is like really incredible, and what you're doing is great. And if anyone wants a headshot and then they can donate yeah. to it, yeah. then you'll have to have a look up on the show notes um, have, to see what Jen's doing. I have to say that when Mighty Hearts, when Project Mighty Hearts came to be, mm-hmm. I knew a thousand percent it was the thing because I'd always been searching for how to give back in my business and like always searching for that piece that was missing yeah and Jack Mighty Jack came into my life so I could do this like it's it was like written in the stars or something completely his like destiny for this to happen so it's yeah I really believe in all that stuff too I know it's pretty woo for some people but I think sometimes uh when shitty stuff happens to you you need something to cling on to and it really helps 
Oh, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> um, it's been a real pleasure. It's great. Thanks. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. It means a lot to me and all the guests involved because bearing your soul and opening your heart to tell your birth story is sometimes a really difficult thing. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe and also enter this week's giveaway to a chance to win something fab just for yourself. Thanks for listening and allowing the guests of the podcast to have their voice and their story heard. Forever grateful, Franny. <laughs>